0: Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friends. This is it. This is a last call to sign up for the Self-Assured Motherhood program because enrollment closes tomorrow, Thursday, September 21st at midnight, and we will not open the doors again for an entire year. This program is for you if you often feel overwhelmed and burned out in your motherhood, but also feel very committed to your family and to becoming the mother that you want to be. This program is for you if you love gathering parenting strategies and tricks and scripts from podcasts, Instagram, and books, but you don't always know how to apply what you're learning to your actual life, or you just don't make the time. If you find yourself doing a lot of learning and not a lot of applying, you need the SAM program. I don't want you to miss out on this unique opportunity to grow within your motherhood, which is why today for 24 hours only... I'm airing my masterclass that I've been teaching live to groups on Zoom the past few weeks. In this class, I introduce three of my core principles of self-assured motherhood and answer some frequently asked questions about the program. I hope this limited time bonus episode will give you a taste of Sam to decide if you want to join before the doors close for another year. If you have any questions after you listen, please email me at hello at 3 30 podcastcom and if you're ready to sign up, go to 3 podcastcom slash Sam. That's 3 30 podcastcom slash Sam. With no further ado, here is my limited time replay of my masterclass called How to Become a Less Angry Mom. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever time it is where you are, I am so glad that you're here with me for the How to Be a Less Angry Mom masterclass. I know you have really busy lives. And so you spending some time today, either live or listening to the replay, it really means a lot. And we're going to deliver a lot of value in the next 60 minutes. Since you've set aside this time, I'd like to encourage you to be here with us if at all possible. I know that's easier said than done for busy moms, but try to turn off all distractions and find a quiet place to learn. You have full permission to put on a movie if you have kids at home with you or do what you need to do. Get paper and pencil because I am going to give you some time to reflect and write during this class. And I am just so excited. Tell me in the chat where you are tuning in from. I always like to get a feel for that. I'm in Haley, Idaho, um, where the weather is perfect right now because it's fall, but it won't be for long. We're going to get feet and feet of snow here in the not too distant future, sadly. Okay, I see people tuning in from rural Iowa, Idaho Falls, other I- Idaho, Massachusetts, Georgia, Utah, North Carolina, Wyoming. I always look to see if we have any internationals. California, Texas, another California. I don't see any internationals. Yeah, oh, Ontario. We got an international. It's always so fun to see where women are, and I love that our Desire to be intentional, purposeful mothers brings us together no matter where we are. So, thank you again for being here. So, if you don't know who I am, I want to introduce myself first. I'm Rachel Nielsen. I am a former high school English teacher. I absolutely love to teach. And my favorite thing to do is to take big, complicated topics and to break them down and make them simpler. And I taught my students how to do that for years when I was in the classroom when I taught them how to write thesis statements. And now I do that by hosting a podcast all about motherhood. I'm the founder of the Three and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast. And it's called Three and 30 because each 30 minute episode has three actionable takeaways in it. So I'm really passionate about taking big motherhood topics that might seem complicated or complex. And breaking it down and giving you the action steps you can actually make changes and implement in your life. I've been doing my show since 2017. So we're coming up on six years. I absolutely love doing it. I'm a mom to two miracles. You'll see them here. My Noah is 12 and he is adopted. And my daughter Sally is nine and she was conceived through IVF. So I had a long fight to become a mom, and I fully believed after that long fight that I would love every single minute of it and treasure every single minute of it. And then I had kids, and I discovered that motherhood is a lot harder than I had been envisioning all those years. And there were times when I felt really, really lost and unfulfilled and then shamed myself for feeling that way because here I had these miracle babies and this is what I had been waiting for and why didn't I love it more? And that's when I started doing a deep dive into learning about parenting and self-development and I went to lots of therapy and I bring the best of everything that I've learned over the last 10 years into my work in my podcast and into my work as the creator of the Self-Assured Motherhood Program, which this is my nine month long program for moms who want to go from overwhelmed and unfulfilled in their motherhood to thriving and finding meaning in their relationships. And I'm going to tell you a lot more about that program throughout the class today because enrollment only opens once a year and it's open right now for just a few more days. It will be open till Thursday. And so this is something that you feel like you need. Now is the time because it won't open for another year. So I am so passionate about the work that I get to do, both through the program and through the podcast. And I'm so excited that you are joining me for just like a little sneak peek of that today with our masterclass all about what to do with your mom rage, what to do with the anger that you feel on a daily basis. That's a little bit about me. So just to give you an idea of what the next 60 minutes hold, what we'll go over and cover. First, we're going to be discussing three strategies for listening to your anger instead of reacting to it as a mom. And all of my work, I like to bring in three because I feel like it's a manageable number for moms to remember. So I often have three takeaways and I want you to walk away being able to remember those three things and go put them into practice in your life. So three strategies for listening to your anger instead of reacting to it. I'm also going to spend some time telling you about the Self-Assured Motherhood Program. And then at the end, we'll do some Q&A. So if you have specific questions that come up for you throughout the course about anger, about the content that I'm teaching, or about the self assured Motherhood program, you can save those till the end. So to start our class today, I want to tell you a story. And this is a true story from my life, and it has to do with Eggo waffles, which is why you will see this snapshot of me and my family holding Eggo waffles. So, to set the scene for you a little bit, it was fall 2020. So, need I say more? Moms, you can all remember what life was like in fall 2020. My kids were doing distance learning. And I remember that morning like it was yesterday because distance learning was a struggle, especially with this little Noah of mine. He is very smart, very stubborn and very, very resistant to doing any kind of homework ever. And so distance learning, asking this boy to be sitting at his computer when he just wanted to be off playing and building worlds and creating wars and all of the fun things that little boys want to do, especially this little boy, was a nightmare. And he resisted every minute of it, and that morning was no different. I remember him sitting at the kitchen table. He had his little Chromebook. I was trying to get him to sign on to his class and do his work, and he was whining and flopping around, and I don't want to do it. And I was over there making his egg a waffle, and I could just feel my blood pressure rising. I was just getting more and more frustrated, more and more angry. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm trying to manage, run my business from home, be a homeschool teacher. Why can't this kid just do what I ask? And it's just building, building, building. And then he looks over and he sees that I'm putting jam on his waffle. And he says, I didn't want jam. I wanted peanut butter. And that just set me off like a trigger. And I picked up that waffle and I yelled, Make your own darn waffle. And I chucked it as hard as I could. And I fully intended for it to hit him in the face. Luckily for both of us, I have really bad aim. So the waffle did not hit him. It soared past him and skidded across the floor and jam went everywhere. And so then I had to try to hold on to my dignity while I cleaned up the jam from my own mom temper tantrum. And I had to continue to try to pretend like I was in the right. So I remember stomping around with this towel, like giving my kids the silent treatment, wiping up this jam all the while knowing that I had completely become unhinged and acted like a five-year-old. And so I wiped up the jam and I took a deep breath and I sort of turned and looked at my children and they were staring at me with wide eyes. And I said, I think I may have overreacted. And we all burst out laughing. And from that time on, the ego waffle has become a family legend And now sometimes when my kids are not listening to me well, I will say, come on, don't make me get the waffles. And it helps to like diffuse it and they get funny and we all laugh. And so this moment when I became unhinged has actually become a funny thing that led to repair and connection in our relationships. And I just share that story to start because I want to lighten the mood a little bit and let you know that anger is normal, and that all moms feel it, and we all express it differently. I'm actually not much of a yeller, and so that was maybe a little unusual for me. I'm certainly not much of a thrower most of the time, but I had hit my limit, and that waffle was what I had in my hand. We all express anger differently. Some of us may feel the urge to scream at people we love, Some of us may feel the urge to throw or hit something. Some of us may not be yellers, but we may kind of emotionally collapse inward and silently simmer or give everybody the silent treatment or just spiral into a dark place mentally where you just feel like you can't enjoy anything about your life and you start to feel really, really resentful. We all feel it. And in today's masterclass, I'm hoping to give you some tools that will lessen your anger. Nothing is ever going to take it away completely, but that's actually a good thing because anger has messages for us. Our anger is trying to tell us something and if we can learn to listen to it instead of react to it, that will lead to our power and that will lead to us becoming more self-assured, trusting ourselves more and our kids will know that they can trust us more because we have control of our emotions. Not that we don't feel them, but that we feel them and we can listen to them. We're no longer just reacting to them in outsized ways. I also want to say up front that the story of me chucking an Ego Waffle, the Ego the Waffle meltdown of 2020, is kind of funny. But I know that not all anger is funny. And I know that there are some of you that are here today that feel ashamed about some of the meltdowns that you've had. And honestly, I feel that too sometimes. Not all of, not, I wouldn't share publicly all of my worst mothering moments because some of them, I really was me. And some of them, it wasn't okay how I was acting. And I don't wanna be that mom. I want to be a mom who lives aligned to my values and who my kids can trust and that they can stay connected to at all times. I'm always working on that. And so if you are somebody that you think, well, my anger is scary. My anger is not funny. I want you to know that you belong here, that your anger is normal, too, and that the strategies that we're going to talk about today will start to help you to be more of the mom that you want to be, regardless of where on the spectrum you fall with your anger. So the basis for my class today is this quote by Julia Cameron from The Artist's Way. She says, anger is meant to be listened to. Anger is a voice, a shout, a plea, a demand. We are meant to use anger as a fuel to take the actions we need to move us where our anger points us. With a little thought, we can usually translate the message that our anger is sending us. I want to emphasize that phrase there. With a little thought, we can usually translate the message that our anger is sending us but it does take a little thought. It's not natural. When we are feeling angry and elevated and triggered, a lot of times it feels like we have no choice but to explode. But with a little bit of thought, we can hear the messages that anger has to us. But how? You know, this is all great in theory. Thanks, Julia Cameron. But how? What are the tools to translate the message that anger is sending to us? this is a Venn diagram that I use in my self-assured motherhood program to talk about the different principles and pillars of being self-assured. And this is how you start to hear the messages that anger or any other quote negative emotion is telling you, whether that's burnout, resentment, like shame, self-loathing, anger, all of those hard emotions, they have messages for us. And if we can start to follow these pillars, these steps of self-assured motherhood, we can start to unpack what our emotions are telling us. So for today's class, I decided to just grab one uh, principle from each of my three pillars. And those are going to be our three takeaways. And we're going to relate them back to anger and to my story about the waffle explosion. How could I have changed that situation if I had been more aware of these three principles. So we're going to talk about how to voice your values and how that can help you with your anger, how to bolster your boundaries and how that can help you with your anger and how to gather the good. So those are going to be our three takeaways of three ways to listen to your anger instead of reacting to it. Before we dive into the takeaways, I want you to reflect on your own life. I feel like it is really important that you have time to apply what you are learning. We live in a world that is really heavy on information and really light on application. We all take in so much information every day, and a lot of it is awesome. But how often do we pause and think, but how can I use that in my life? How does that apply to my unique children? That, t- that kind of reflection space is just not built into our daily lives as busy moms. So that's why in all of my classes that I teach, I give you time during class. I build it right into class for you to do some reflection and application while we are working together. How does this fit with your life? So here's the question, and I want you to write it at the top of your sheet of paper that you brought with you today. I shared my experience of the waffle meltdown. I want you to think about a specific recent experience when you got angry with your kids. And at the top of a sheet of paper, just write a sentence or a phrase about what happened. And if you can't think of a time with your kids, maybe it was your partner or someone at work, a recent time when you felt angry. And if you're comfortable, you can share in the chat one phrase or sentence about what triggered your anger. And I'm just going to read some of these off. Because I think it is so healing for moms to hear from other moms that they're also struggling and to know that you're not alone and to commiserate and say, yeah, that's my life, too. That's my kids, too. That's my home, too. So let me read some of these to you. Candace said my teens playing games on their phone during Sunday school. Minnie said not listening when we have to leave. Angela said toddler sitting on the sidewalk while trying to get oldest to school on time. My kid's fighting in the car while I'm driving, said Angela. Oh, what is it with the car? Like, you're all trapped in one space and you can't get away from each other and the fighting is always the worst in the car, Angela. I totally agree. The whole day of not listening plus disrespect is what triggered my anger towards my son. Sandra says my kid's pushing all the buttons, stretching the time to go to bed and not getting ready, not listening and going wild. Kim says, I felt disrespected. Nellie says, my son ran through muddy puddles puddles when we were out. Yes. And this list could go on and on and on. Sibling hurting another sibling, said Shelly. So triggering. So if you relate to any of these scenarios, you are a normal mom. And I want you to think about your specific experience and use it as a lens as I give you your three takeaways. So think about how these takeaways might have helped you in your own moment of anger and how they can help you going forward with the moments of anger that you will inevitably have with your children, maybe even today. These takeaways will help you. Okay, so first takeaway, to hear anger's message to you, try voicing your values. This is the very first principle that we go into in my nine-month program because it is so important. So what are values? Your values are the principles of living that matter most to you. They are so deeply a part of you that you aren't always conscious of them. So these are principles like, I'm going to give you a bunch of examples, because I'm not talking about values like from a moral or religious standpoint. These are more broad, general principles of living. Things like creativity, fairness, loyalty, honesty, beauty, adventure, Activism, spirituality, order, productivity, work ethic. Those are all examples of values, and every one of us holds a unique set of values. And we sort of assume that other people in the world have the same values that we do, but they don't. And when we can start to realize and look at other people through the lens of values, we can realize, oh, I'm angry because this person's behavior is undermining one of my core values, but they don't mean to be disrespectful. They just have a different value than I do. And it can bring a lot of peace to relationships when you start to see through the lens of values. It's a really powerful, powerful tool of living. So do you know what you value? Do you know what your unique principles of living are that are most important to you? Most of us don't. Like We kind of have a vague idea, but we couldn't list them off, what our values are. And what you see on your screen here is a picture of that Venn diagram that I showed you at the beginning. And you'll see that this mom is coloring it in green, yellow, and red. And the reason why is because as part of my program, I give women definitions for each of these different categories and have them sort of rate themselves on how they're doing with it. They color it in and it gives them a concrete way to measure their growth and improvement throughout the program. And let me just give you a taste right now for values. In order to figure out how well you know your values, here are the three definitions. If you're green, you can define concretely your three to five unique values as a mother, and you think about them often when you're making decisions for yourself and your family. Most of the time, making decisions feels easy and clear, and your schedule feels purposeful because it's built around your values. If you're yellow, You have a vague sense of what your values are, but you haven't voiced them out loud or written them down. And it's easy to lose sight of them in the busyness of family life. And if you're red, you're not sure what your unique values and priorities are as a mom. Everything feels important to you and you often feel overcommitted, stretched too thin and frustrated with yourself and your kids. So I would love to know in the chat where you think you fall green, yellow or red when it comes to knowing your values. I see lots of yellow and reds. I see an orange in between the two and a couple of greens. Um, And it's totally normal if you can't quite pinpoint what these are. But the more defined they get, the easier it will be for you to use them as a tool to understand your relationships better. And in the Self-Assured Motherhood program, we spend a whole month defining what your values are and helping you to see how they can apply to your life. Let me give you just a little example from this story about me freaking out over the waffles. So how would voicing my values have helped me in the waffle meltdown? Just think about what happened there. There was a value being undermined. My son's behavior was making me feel something, or I thought it was making me feel something, because we had a mismatch of values. Some of my values are gratitude, hard work, and positivity. So I'm feeling super triggered like this kid is not grateful. This kid is so entitled. Can't he see everything that I'm doing for him? And that's making my blood pressure rise because of my value for hard work. I'm thinking he is so lazy. He is going to what is he going to amount to when he grows up? All of this internal chatter is going on because I have a different value than my child who values creativity, independence and play. So he's not trying to be an entitled spoiled brat he's having a hard time because his values are being undermined by distance learning. And if I could have had a little bit more compassion in that situation and a little bit more reason and stopped and taken a deep breath and said to myself, he's just a nine-year-old who values play and he's not trying to be disrespectful to me and sat down and said, hey, bud, I understand that you would rather be outside playing right now, but hard work is important in our family. How can I support you to get this distance learning done? That Interaction would have gone so much better if I could have seen it through the lens of my values. I love this quote by Viktor Frankl. He says, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And it's, I recognize it sometimes as a mom that there's a space between the trigger and when I explode. And sometimes I'm like, I could choose to not explode right now. But I'm going to explode anyway. And other times I think, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and I can feel that space. And the more emotionally mature I get, the more self assured I get, the more often I utilize the space to make a choice that is more aligned with my values of connection and compassion. And that helps me be the mom that I want to be. So, anger's message to you if you start to feel really angry and escalated and elevated in a situation, The message could be this interaction is undermining one of your values. So you take a deep breath and the next question you ask yourself is, which of my values is being undermined and what actions do I want to take to address that? Maybe that means having a conversation. Maybe that means writing a letter to a senator because you're super angry about an injustice that you see and there's nothing wrong with that anger. It's motivating you to action. Maybe it means that you have better consequences or structure in your home. But anger's message is your values being undermined. What do you want to do about it? So let's reflect. Think about the situation that recently made you angry. You wrote it on your sheet, and I want you to take a 30 seconds and ask yourself is it possible that one of your values was undermined in that situation? Maybe not. Maybe you just we're having sensory overload and this had nothing to do with values, but ask yourself, could one of my values have been being undermined in that situation? Take a second to think about that. So I'm thinking about kids fighting in the car. Maybe you have a really strong value of family. Maybe your relationships with your siblings are incredibly important to you and you're catastrophizing into the future and thinking that this means that your kids are never going to be friends with each other. So something that you strongly value is being undermined in that moment. And so you're panicking about it. So then you get angry. But if you can just calm yourself down and say, I have a really strong value for family. And this does not mean that we are not going to be a close family. It just means that my kids are being kids right now. It can sort of bring the panic out of you to identify these values. So that was takeaway number one listen to anger's message to you about voicing your values. Takeaway number two, to hear anger's message to you, try bolstering your boundaries. What are boundaries? We throw this word around a lot in our society, but what exactly does it mean? Boundaries are what you will do or will not do to honor your needs. Boundaries are not about controlling other people. You hear people say like, I'm putting up boundaries. You can't talk to me like that. Well, actually, that's not a boundary because you can't control the way that other people talk to you. Boundaries are what you will do or will not do to honor your needs. So instead of saying, I'm putting up a boundary, my kid can't talk to me like that, you might say, I'm putting up a boundary. When my kid talks to me like that, I will do this or I will not do this. That is what a boundary looks like. Something that was really helpful to me when I learned about boundaries, because I am a tender heart. I'm an Enneagram too, if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Boundaries are hard for me because I'm a giver. And so it really helped me when I realized that boundaries are both protective and containing. Boundaries, I used to think of as selfish because it was like, I'm taking care of myself. I'm putting up this boundary to protect myself. But yeah, it protects me from other people, but it also contains me from other people, meaning it protects them from me. When I have good boundaries, I'm not going to lash out at people. I'm not going to throw waffles at my children because I have good boundaries. So my boundaries are protecting me from them and them from me, if that makes sense. If you are constantly saying yes to everything and you don't have good boundaries and you're resentful, you're much more likely to lash out and freak out at the people you love. So boundaries are both protective and containing. They bless both parties in a relationship when you have good boundaries. I love this quote by Prentice Hemphill, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. They're loving for both of us to have a little bit of distance there. So how are your boundaries? Here's my green, yellow, red definitions and let us know where you're at with boundaries. If you're green, you carefully consider your limits and needs before you say yes to requests from others on your time. You're comfortable saying no to others with love and respect, and you do so often. This includes your children and your partner. If you're yellow, you're working towards having better boundaries, though you know you still have a long way to go. It's gotten easier to say no to requests that don't align with your priorities and needs, and you do sometimes do it, but it still brings up some hesitation and guilt. And if you're red, Saying no to others is painful for you and you rarely do it. You're exhausted from meeting everyone else's needs and often feel resentful. Occasionally, you will lash out at others because you've reached a breaking point. And I feel like people who are red in boundaries, they know that they are red in boundaries. And they're usually the first people to respond when I say, how are your boundaries? They're like red because they know this is hard for them and they know that they are burned out and they want to learn how to say Know and to have better boundaries that are loving and respectful, but they don't know where to start. And we go into a month of work around boundaries in my program. Where I'll teach you how to set boundaries in a loving way that isn't going to push away the people in your life who love you most, the people who deserve to be there. And by the end of it, you'll be able to set those boundaries with love and respect, and you'll feel much more self assured because you're taking care of and honoring your own needs. So how am I bolstering my boundaries have helped me to avoid my waffle meltdown? I could have done so many things differently before this happened in order to not freak out on my son. Here's some ideas that I came up with of possible boundaries that could have been helpful. I will make one breakfast for the family in the morning. That's my boundary. And depending on you, the rules in your house around food, you might follow that up with, if you want something else, you can make it for yourself. Or you could say, if you want something else, you're going to have to wait till lunch to eat. Whatever's more comfortable for you, but your boundary is, I will make one breakfast for the family. Another possible boundary, I will leave the room if someone is yelling or whining at me. So instead of saying, you can't talk to me like that, I'm saying, I won't respond. I will leave the room if you talk to me like that. I will wake up at 7 a.m. so I have time to myself before the kids get up in the morning. That would be a personal, a self-boundary of what I will do to honor my own needs so that I can show up as the mom I want to be for my kids. I will not care more about my children's schoolwork than they do. And this is a good boundary for me because I am a perfectionist. I was a straight-A student and my son is not interested in that. And so sometimes I get so, like, I start to get more invested than he is. And I have to stop and say, Rachel, he doesn't care about this as much as I do. And I need to respect that. I I also advocate for him. I also am in touch with his teachers and I support him and I expect him to work hard and do moderately well, but he's never going to be a straight A student and that's okay. I I can't care more about his schoolwork than he does. Another boundary will be, I will contact the teacher and talk through options if distance learning is becoming too much of a strain on our family relationships. So what I am going to do to protect myself and my children, to protect them from me, are boundaries. So anger's message to you, if you start to feel super angry with your kids, super escalated, might be, you could consider having a boundary around this. So then you pause and you ask yourself, is there a boundary that might help prevent this situation from happening in the future? And I wanna ask you to think about that situation where you got angry recently, Can you see where a boundary might have been helpful? Take 30 seconds and brainstorm a few ideas on your sheet of paper. Okay, so we've talked about voicing your values. We've talked about bolstering your boundaries. And now we're going to talk about gathering the good. This is our third takeaway, and it goes under the pillar of love your people. How can gathering the good help you to hear anger's messages to you? So what does it mean to gather the good? This is a phrase that I use often in my work to basically just mean that you are choosing to focus on the positive in your relationships or situations to start to change what you believe about them. The reason why gathering the good is so powerful is because of a psychological principle called confirmation bias. It's a type of cognitive bias that involves favoring information that confirms what you already believe. So we, our brains, look for information to confirm what we already believe. So if we believe that a certain one of our children is incredibly difficult, we are going to look for all of the evidence to back that up. If we believe that motherhood is hard and unfair, we are going to look for all of the evidence to back that up. And maybe there really is lots of evidence. I'm not saying that you're not right on that. But if you want to believe a different story about your motherhood, the way to start to change the story is to start looking for different evidence, looking for evidence of the story that you want to believe about your motherhood, choosing to gather the good. And Ralphie Jacobs often says she's a parenting educator on Instagram. She often says when you focus on the good, the good gets better. And that's what gathering your good is the good is all about. I feel so passionately about this that I actually created a journal for moms called Flex of Gold. And in this journal, I invite you to look for one golden moment with your kids every day and to notice it and to write it down. And the more that you do that, the more your brain starts to see the golden moments. They were always there, but you aren't looking for them. So you're actually retraining your brain that even in the hardest day, the worst day ever, you are going to look for one split second golden moment and you're going to write it down and you're going to give it the weight it deserves so that it can anchor you and help you through the next time you're having a hard time with your child. I released this journal holiday 2020. So shortly after the waffle meltdown. And sometimes I ask myself, if I had been consistently doing my flexible journaling back then, would I have had that same outburst of anger with Noah I had been telling myself for months, this kid is so hard. He's so strong-willed. He's such a pain. And so I had primed myself to explode versus if I had been noticing all of the golden moments with him and noticing and gathering the good for all those months, it may have been a very different outcome that day. So let's assess how you're doing. Are you seeing the good in your motherhood and in your children? If you're green, you're able to identify gold with your loved ones and within your loved ones every day. You generally focus on your children's positive behaviors instead of always harping on the negatives. If someone asked your children what his or her mom loved about them, they would be able to answer with something concrete. Yellow. Some days you're able to find the flex of gold; other days it feels impossible. You find yourself nagging your kids more than building them up, but it's something you are aware of and working on. You can see the good in your life, but you don't always know how to focus on it. And red, it's very difficult right now to see the good within your life or your loved ones. You're primarily focused on annoying and negative behaviors, and you worry about the negative momentum in your home. You crave more peace and hope. So how are you doing on this one? And absolutely no shame or judgment. If you realize that you are very red in this area, you are still a good mom. And you can work on starting to gather the good and moving yourself towards yellow and towards green. There's some seasons of life that are just hard. And maybe where normally you're more of a positive person, you're in postpartum depression right now and you are barely surviving and things are looking really red. And that's okay. And that's your hard negative emotions are giving you information that you need to start doing small things to start gathering the good so you can come back to yourself again. So how would gathering the good have helped me before my waffle meltdown? I already mentioned to you, I had primed myself to explode at Noah that day because I hadn't been gathering the good. And if I had been, I think I would have had more resilience to be able to make it through that hard moment. I love what Brene Brown says. She says, the good news is that joy collected over time fuels resilience, ensuring we'll have reservoirs of emotional strength when hard things do happen. And so I could have been building up my reservoir of emotional strength by gathering the good so that when my son was complaining and being ungrateful that morning, I would have been able to pull on that reservoir to get me through that hard moment. That's what gathering the good does. So anger's message to you, if you start to feel really escalated and angry, pause. Anger's just telling you you're having a hard time seeing the good in this person or relationship right now. And it's time to take action. What can you do? How can I start to gather the good to give myself more of a reservoir of patience and love for this child or person? And that might look like flexible journaling. That might look like scheduling, conscious, concrete time. To just have fun with them, like a special time once a day where you sit down and play a game with them or join them for their video game or whatever. So you're just building positive momentum in your relationship. So let's reflect. Think about the situation that recently made you angry. Could gathering the good before the trigger have helped you to move through it? Spend 30 seconds, jot down some thoughts about that maybe an idea or two of what you're going to do to start gathering the good in that relationship. So I want to remind you of this nine-part framework for self-assured motherhood. Today, we've only talked about three of the nine principles, but I hope this has given you a taste for how powerful these principles are in helping you to understand your emotions and to become a more emotionally trustworthy person for yourself and for your children. This program, my Self-Shared Motherhood program, is not about anger. It's about life and motherhood generally. I just used anger today to show you how these principles can apply to one very common struggle that moms have. But these principles can apply to so many different types of struggles in your life, and they can help you to become more of the person that you want to be. So I always like to recap at the end of my podcast episodes. I'll always recap the three takeaways, and I'm going to do that for you as well. When you are feeling angry, remember your anger has messages for you. Instead of reacting to it, stop and listen to the anger. And the three messages that we talked about today are first, this interaction might be undermining one of your values. Second, you might consider having a boundary around the situation. And third, you're having a hard time seeing the good in this person or relationship right now. And if you can hear those messages and take action, You're going to become more of the mom that you want to be on a day-to-day basis. I also want to suggest and invite that all three of these messages for you, they kind of are under the umbrella of a bigger message. If you are feeling angry a lot, if you are feeling depressed a lot, if you are feeling anxious, overwhelmed, stressed, any of these hard emotions, the overarching message from those emotions is that you need and deserve more support. And that is why I am so passionate about my Self-Assured Motherhood program and why I feel an urgency to let as many moms as possible know about it because it only opens once a year. And so I'm like, we got to tell the moms because if they need this, I want them to get in there. This program gives you the support that you deserve and need in your motherhood. So I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes or so telling you about the Self-Assured Motherhood program. And if it feels like a good fit for you, I hope that you will join before Thursday so that you can go through the full nine-part framework with us over the next nine months. So what makes this program so special? It really is so special. And I asked my alumni what they thought made it special and recorded some little videos of them talking about it. So rather than me telling you, I want to share a couple of those videos with you. This is Abby, and I asked her what she thought made the program special, and she talked about the comprehensive curriculum. This is what she said about it. Everything in this course builds. You you could just grab any one section and do the work in there, and it would be beneficial, but the real power in it is in collectively doing each pillar one by one. All the parenting work I really did prior to that was on, you know, figuring out the right things to say to my kids and the right ways to manage different situations with them. It was all focused on them. And it feels like so much of the program, a big chunk of it is about focusing inward. You know, what's important to me? Why do I react to things the way I do? And I feel like that self-awareness has really been life-changing for me. It feels like it's actually a lot easier now to apply all of those parenting strategies that I've been collecting over the years. I love that Abby recognized that comprehensive curriculum because that is what I'm most proud of with this program. There are so many fabulous parenting resources on the market right now, but I have never seen another program that builds so intentionally over a period of time that gives you enough time to actually change. It doesn't just fire hose you with information and send you on your way. Every unit builds on the next throughout the nine months. And I'm really, really proud of that and think that that's what makes it really special and different from the other programs that I've seen on the market. So how do we do that? How do we, what is the comprehensive curriculum? I already mentioned to you that we focus on one principle per month. And the way that we do that is through one class per week. So you can either attend it live on Zoom. I teach it live on Zoom, just like this. Or you can listen to it or watch it after the fact. And we have a private podcast feed. So if you're really busy, you can just listen to it on the go in the midst of your busy mom life and not have to sit down and watch and be there live for all of it. You'll also solidify your learnings through a meaningful workbook. We are going to mail this to every member of our course this year. And it is 148 pages. My blur is making you a little hard to see, but it is a tone. It is an awesome resource, and I just envision it filled with your notes and epiphanies and applications of what you're learning, and I feel so excited for you of the change that's going to come when you receive this in the mail and you start working through it bit by bit by bit. There's also a monthly capstone assignment in the workbook to make sure that you've really solidified the principle before we move on to the next unit. We have monthly community discussion and breakout groups once a month. So if you are somebody that really craves more interaction and you want more small group discussion, that will be built into the curriculum on the fourth week of each month. If you do not want that and you are not into the community piece, then you can just skip those meetings. They're more optional for women who want that piece. So the first two weeks of the month are really content heavy. It'll be like this. It'll be me teaching the concepts and giving you the notes. And then we have Q&A at the end of each call. So you can ask me your questions. You do the homework. The third week of the month is purely Q&A. So basically it's like you've had a couple of weeks to try these principles out. What's coming up for you? Bring it to the Q&A call and we'll talk through specifics with your children and you'll get to listen to other women and support them. And then that last week is the community breakout rooms, the small groups. And if you are not interested in that, then you can just use that fourth week as a catch-up week to make sure you're ready for the next unit. So that's a little bit about how the curriculum set up. And if you have questions, you can drop them in the chat and Stacey or Christy will respond. This is Taylor. And when asked what her favorite part of the program was, she mentioned the gentle accountability. My favorite right. thing about the SAM course definitely was the gentle accountability. When you guys were advertising this course, I was like, I need that accountability moving forward because I love listening to the podcast but I'll listen to them driving and I won't sit down and do the you know three takeaways or the exercises or the extra resources that you guys give and so I was like this is my chance to be able to dive deep and to reflect and listen to this and give it my all so maybe you relate Taylor I know I definitely do if you are a passionate learner and you listen to a lot of stuff but you need accountability in order to apply what you learn So Taylor was saying she's the longtime listener of my podcast, but she didn't, like she wanted the next step. She wanted the accountability of having a weekly class, something that was guided to get her to actually do what she wanted to do. And I so relate to this. I recently signed up for a parenting program that I was excited about, but it's all pre-recorded. There's not really any framework to follow. It was basically like choose your own adventure get in there, do what you need to do for your motherhood. And I'm sure it was all incredible, but I was a part of that program for a year and I never did one of the classes because there was no accountability. There was, no, there was nothing pushing me that I need to show up and I need to do it. It wasn't guided. So when I opened it up and looked at it, I was like, well, this all looks good. Where do I start? And so I personally need, and I know a lot of women need, more of a guided experience saying this is where we start and this is where we are going and that mm-hmm. is what the sam program provides so FAQs about that about the classes and about the accountability the live classes are going to take place on tuesdays at 10:30 a.m mountain time right here on zoom but you do not have to be there live to get the full value out of the program we have lots of women who never are able to come live and get incredible value out of the course because there's still the accountability piece built in because they just make sure that they have listened before the next class comes out. So that's sort of their self-accountability where they're like, I, I'm going to listen before next Tuesday so that I can do the next one and the next one. Sarah is a student who just signed up to do a second round of Sam, and she mentioned this in our discussion board the other day. She said, I set apart a day for Sam on Wednesday nights, and I've missed my Wednesday nights all summer long. It feels like a piece of me is missing. I'm excited to start back up again on my cherished homework night. And I love that, that she couldn't come live, but she just always on Wednesday nights, she would watch and do her homework, and it sort of became her routine. The class is going to run from Tuesday, October 3rd to Tuesday, June 25th. And you can take it at your own pace within that time while always sort of keeping up with the group. And how much time will you need to devote to this class each week? About 90 minutes is what we recommend. 60 minutes for the class and 30 minutes or less for the homework. I know 90 minutes feels like a lot for a busy mom. And I know nine months feels like a long time for a busy mom. But here's the thing. Nine months is going to pass anyway. And so I often think like it feels hard to commit to a nine month commitment. But in nine months, am I going to look back and be grateful that I did this work, that I dedicated this time? And yeah, 90 minutes is a lot. But also I spend 90 minutes a week on Instagram. I spend 90 minutes a week watching shows like I can fit in 90 minutes a week to truly start to change my life and transform and become a better version of myself. And this work is fun. It's not like you're spending 90 minutes a week doing like hard work that's drudgery. I think you're really gonna find that it is soul filling to be learning and to be communicating with other women and to be growing together. It will really become a powerful part of your week. And you may even miss it at the end of the nine months when it's over. I hope you'll miss it because that's the kind of environment that we build. We try to build in Sam. Okay. And then our last testimonial that I want to share, I I do things in threes. So this is my third one is Celeste. And she said that her favorite part of the SAM program was the meaningful community. This is what she has to say about that. One of my favorite parts of the program was just the community of women. I felt like everyone was such a good listener and so empathetic. You would hear other women's experiences. Um, It was really hard to feel alone like you often feel in motherhood where you're like i'm the only one experiencing this my kids are the only ones doing this and everyone was so good to listen that it was it was just nice to hop on it to feel seen and to feel heard oh i totally agree i think that the community and sam is the magic piece of this program This program really brings together actionable education and really supportive community. And the caliber of women that are drawn to this kind of work is just top notch. And there is no judgment. These women are all there doing the work too and supporting each other. And it's my favorite. We have a community board that is not on Facebook because Facebook is way too distracting for me. It's in a separate app called Circle and you can share your questions, you can share your wins and your challenges, and the other women in the community will support you and respond as well as I will respond. So it's really a way to get some of your personal questions answered as in that community board. And there's a really beautiful sense of sisterhood there. We often call ourselves the Sam sisters, and I think it fits. So I really wanna encourage you in the next few days, if this is calling to you, if this is pulling at you and you're considering joining, remember this quote from Tanya Dalton, that people always look at the cost of a coach, a course, or a book, they don't look at how much it's costing them to stay where they are. And if you are living in 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 resentment, in anger, in unhappiness, that is costly. It's costly to your mental well being, and it's costly to your relationships. When you think about investing in a program like this, it's not just about like how many lessons will I get. It's about what transformation, how will it impact my life, and is that worth it to me long-term? And I would encourage you to consider that long-term impact when you're considering if you want to invest in the program. Because the self-development work that I've done, it's incalculable the difference that it's made on my happiness level and on my relationships. So you can see here a breakdown of everything that's included, kind of the nuts and bolts, how many classes, how many breakout room sessions, the workbook the private podcast feed. You'll also have a year of continued access to the class after it's over to the recordings. So you can listen for a full year afterwards and catch up on anything. And the total value of the class is $2,400. That's not what we're charging, but that's the nuts and bolts of what is included. And you'll find all of this on the sales page at selfassuredmotherhood.com, as well as an FAQs page. So you can really get more of these logistical details figured out. But again, I want you to think beyond that. I want you to think of how it will bless your life long term to be part of a group like this. The investment for the program is $149 per month. And I want you to think about some of the other things that you invest in or that you may invest in for the well-being of your family or of your children. Like professional development for your career or for your partner's career. CE can be $3,000 a year. Children's music lessons, children's education, children's sports teams, you're investing in them financially. That can be 80 plus a month, 100 plus a month. Are you investing in your own development the same way that you invest in your children's is the question. A college course for you or for your child. Therapy. And I love therapy. It's changed my life. People often ask me if this course is a good substitute for therapy. And no, it's not. If you have really deep psychological needs that need to be met right now. I'm not a licensed therapist. And so I would encourage you to go to therapy. But therapy is expensive. Therapy is usually at least $125 a session. And if you're going every week, that's $500 a month. So if you can't quite make therapy work for you right now, this is a great first step. And many women take what they're learning in SAM to their therapist and say, can you talk through this? Can you work with, through this with me? And they use it sort of as a springboard. Or I've had a lot of women say they did Sam first and it helped them to realize what they really wanted to dive into with a therapist. And they did therapy next. These are different ways that you might be investing in other people that you love in your life. And I would encourage you that it is okay and good to invest in yourself to the same level in your own emotional wellness and health. So people ask me a lot, like how do I know if I'm a good fit for Sam? Only you can know that. But I'm going to give you some things to think about to decide if you are a good fit. What doesn't matter is your age. We have moms of all ages. The ages of your children doesn't matter. We have moms of one baby and we have grandmas. The, because this program isn't parenting strategies. This program is about you becoming the best version of yourself. And that will bless your kids no matter what age they are your religious affiliation doesn't matter. This is not a religious program. You're welcome to bring what matters to you and your values with you as you do this work. But if you have no religious affiliation, that is fine, too. Whether you're a stay at home mom or a work outside the home mom, it doesn't matter. This program will work for you if you are this kind of woman. What does matter is this. You believe that motherhood is your life's most important work, but you can't figure out how to enjoy it in the season you are in. You are tired of feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, or unfulfilled by your daily life. You believe that your mental and emotional health matters to the long-term well-being of your children. You sometimes feel lonely in motherhood and wish you had a community of like-minded moms that you could talk honestly with about the challenges and the successes without fearing judgment. And you're an eager learner who seeks opportunities to grow. You're drawn to personal development resources, but you crave an action plan to help you implement all that you learn. If that sounds like you, you are a good fit for Sam. If you believe that motherhood is deeply important and you want to enjoy it, if you love to learn, but you need help with implementation, you are a good fit for Sam. And this last bullet here, you want to become the best version of yourself. And somewhere deep down, you believe it's possible, even if you're really discouraged right now, the fact that you showed up for this class today shows that you do believe it's possible to get better. Otherwise, you would have stopped trying a long time ago. So if you still believe that it's possible for you to become the happiest, most fulfilled version of yourself and bring that to your children, I would invite you to join SAM. It is an incredible experience. And I just want to end with one final testimonial from Dorothy, because I think it captures so well why doing SAM is worth it. I'm such a different person. If I think about a year ago and my husband agrees, he's just, it's just amazing. I've been able to handle challenges before would just kind of shut down a little bit and feel sorry for myself. And now, you know, I'm able, uh, there's so many tools that I could use. I feel like at the end of the class, I was in the best place of my life I can't say enough how useful this program is. People are considering it. Don't be intimidated by the cost and don't be intimidated by the work. It is a lot of work and it's hard work, but it's at a pace where you can keep up and you can really focus on each section, each pillar and make some progress and it builds on it. I love what she said there. Don't be intimidated by the cost. I'm such a, diff- don't be intimidated by the work because it builds up and we'll be right there with you walking along with you. Your Sam sisters will be supporting you. And almost 200 women have gone through this program now, and I've seen the difference it makes in their life. And it's incredible. And I want you to be a part of it if you need it. So go to selfassuredmotherhood.com to sign up. Enrollment closes this Thursday at midnight. Our first class is October 3rd. So coming right up. I really, really appreciate you being here. And I know that you can become the self-assured, emotionally stable mom that you want to be for your children. They deserve that, and you deserve that. And I hope that you will join us in SAM. There you have it, my friends, all of the details about the SAM program. This program is where I get to actually talk with the women who listen to my show and get to know them better. And I would love for you to be among that group this year. Go to 3 30 podcastcom slash SAM to get signed up, And please remember, always and forever, that you are a good mom and I am rooting for you.